And Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity and for your calling on my life and for those who you've placed in my life to um, guide me along the way in this calling. I pray that this message just impacts your children's hearts, minds, um, and lives, and um, that it's just used to break some chains today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you could, hold on, I gotta make sure this, okay, I better turn this on too. There we go. If you could you describe your story in one word, what would it be? I was challenged with that question a few months ago, and I really started thinking about it, and the general word that I would say that sums up most of my life is actually anxiety. I grew up on a very small five-acre farm in northeast Texas. I moved there when I was three or four years old, and it is still one of my absolute favorite places to go. My Aunt Donna, she watches me every Sunday, so that I preach, so. Oh, Siri's going to join in, guys. Um, she watches me every Sunday, and so uh, shout out to her. But she still lives on the property, so when we go to Texas, I, I still get to go there. And um, Like I said, it was one of my favorite spots, still is. And um, when I was about 10 years old, um, partway through fifth grade, my parents came to us and said, hey, what do you guys think about moving to Michigan? And I would be leaving all of my family, my friends, my happy spot. But I was 10, so, you know, you gotta gotta go where your parents go. <laughs> and so we moved to Roscommon, and I, um, I finished up fifth grade in Roscommon, and I started sixth grade in Roscommon, but I finished, or no, I didn't finish it. I, then I got transferred to Houghton Lake schools um, partway through my sixth grade year. And then um, when I was about 12, my parents came to us again, and they said, what do you guys think about moving back to Texas? And um, we were ecstatic because me personally, I was like, yes, I can go back to my family, my friends, my school, all the things that I love. Absolutely, yes. And so we moved back when I was 12. And I, unfortunately, I did not go back to the school that I had come from. I went to a, um, I'm from a little town called Merritt. It's not even on a map, so don't even try looking it up. Um, but we, we started, I finished sixth grade in a school um, from Farmersville, and, which is the most southern sounding town that I actually know it's not, because we lived in a town called Frognot as well. <laughs> Frognot, Texas, look it up. It's a real place. Um, so I finished out my sixth grade year in Farmersville, and I started seventh grade in Blue Ridge. And I finished out all of middle school in Blue Ridge. And then when I was 14, um, my parents came to us. Um, I think it was close to the ending of school, um, and they're like, so what would you guys think about moving back to Michigan? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I have a, like, I have this friend group now. I have this school. And I was already battling at 10 years old. I was already starting to battle anxiety, depression, and stuff like that because we moved so much. And just from the, the sadness I felt from being torn away from 
what I had known previously, pretty much my whole childhood. But when I was 14, we moved back to Michigan. <laughs> and I started um, my freshman year of high school in Grayling, and I graduated. I stayed there for a while. <laughs> graduated from Grayling. Um, but it, it wasn't easy for me. Because we moved around so much, um, it was really hard for me to make friends. And I would try making friends by putting my identity into like whatever was cool at the time. I'm sure we've all been there as teenagers. Whatever someone wanted me to be, that's what I became. A people pleaser. But that led me to having severe anxiety, which then led to depression, and then it led to being suicidal at 16 years old. And before I knew even what to even label what was going on with me, the enemy had me bound up in chains. My family, as Martha Jo says, my fa- I, was, I grew up heathen. Uh, we, my dad, I will say, my dad is a revelation junkie, and so he put the fear of the Lord in me. <laughs> but he forgot about the love. Like, I knew all about revelation and what was going to happen. So, like, I just viewed God as this, like, kid with a magnifying glass on the ants. That that's, was my view of God. And that all played into feeling hopeless. And like I said, I didn't even know what was going on with me before the enemy had me bound and chained and caged up. It's not a circumstance that I would have willingly chosen for myself. But the enemy is so clever, isn't he? He knows that you're not willingly going to bind yourself to a chain. So he gives it to you one link at a time with the choices that we make. With his encouragement, of course. Like, he, he's always there going, it's just one time. It's just a choice. You'll be fine. For me, every compliment was a link every insult that they another link, every thought turned towards, if I do this, I hope that they like me, was a link. We all have had chains, or have chains, anger, addiction, pornography, the list goes on and on. And all while I have the chains of anxiety being built, I have all these others also being built, and they're all linked together. My personal story is one of a little girl full of anxiety and anger issues. I had trust issues because I couldn't make friends that easily, and the ones that I did seemed to leave or I would have to leave. My, um, gotta find my spot here. I became a people pleaser in trying to fit into everybody else's mold. Melinda, can you do this for me? Yep. Melinda, can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. All the while, the thoughts inside my head telling me, you're just a doormat. They don't really like you. Which in turn, built another link on the chain. I had severe body dysmorphia and 
the enemy really, I felt, just had a target on my back. I felt like God had a target on my back. Looking for my worth in others at first was a choice that I had made because I just wanted people to like me. But the choices we make often become our habits. And those habits become automatic. We do it without even thinking about it. Then it's what you're known for. I was known as the yes girl. Pastor Bard put in a lot of hours trying to get me to not be the yes girl. It's just my nature. It's automatic. It's built into me to say yes when asked to do something. And saying yes when you're asked to do something is not where the problem lies. The problem then lies when you put your whole identity in that, trying to transfigure yourself to fit into somebody else's box. So it started with a choice. It's now a chain. Choice, habit, automatic, identity, nature. There are many chains that we put on ourselves by the simple choices that we make. That movie that you know as a follower of Christ you probably should not be watching. The music that we listen to. Something that I, I tell my teens a lot, be careful of the media that you let in. Books, magazines, movies, m music, social media, Amen. any media. Be careful. It can become a chain. There are many people that are addicted to Facebook right now. <laughs> Lashing out in anger because, well, that person cut me off, and honestly, they kind of deserved it. And I was reading this to Aaron in the car um, a few days ago, and this person passed him. And I, I had just read that part, and this person passed him and then just, like, hit the brakes on the highway. And he's like, oh, come on. And I'm like, did you not just hear me? You ain't even listening to me. It's that thing that we thought, I'm just going to do this once. It's not that bad. But then you find yourself on a path that you didn't want to be on. That was me with people pleasing. That was me with saying yes. I'll, I'll just say this until they find out who I really am. And then they'll like me for me. We often, as Christians, we have this assumption that God is the chain breaker, right? But we have also this nature in us that is fighting with that, that we think, he broke all my chains off, I'm good. But then we start stepping away that one choice at a time, and then we look up and we're bound, and we say, how can I be bound if he's the chain breaker, it's because you stepped away from him one choice at a time. You put yourself in the chains one choice at a time. I still struggle with being a people pleaser. This year in January, I, I went to Pastor Barb and I said, God wants me to say no to everything that is not focused on my ministry. And then I said yes to other things. <laughs> because... It's ingrained in me. I'm still, God has broken that chain off me, but it's one that I have to continually give to him and put off. 
Whoever controls your chains controls you. So I've asked, I've asked Dave if he could come up here real quick. Because ain't nobody getting away from Dave. Laramie, can you come up here? I was going to chain myself up, but then I can't do that. my demonstration. I chained my sister up earlier, and I gave her a bruise on her arm, so I figured, <laughs> I fi- figured uh, Dave Peck would be better because he'll be more gentle. <laughs> Will you? Please do. <laughs> I won't let you go. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. Do you want me to, like, pull? There, is that good? I think so. Are you in pain? Not yet. Dang it. All right, so I have a Bible over here, right? She's wrapped up in a chain. Just come walk and get the Bible. Come on, get, just grab the Bible. Just grab it, Laramie. Come on. Good job. It's in the back. Thank you, guys. Thank you. My point being with this is that she wanted to get the Bible, right? But like I said, ain't nobody getting away from Dave Peck. (laughs) That's That's why I chose him. We often try to go after things, right? But our chains are holding us back, not letting us go. She wanted to go that way but he wouldn't let her. And when God gives our, when we give our chains to God, he doesn't use them to control us like the enemy does. He uses them to testify of his love for us. And in turn, we use the burden of the weight of these chains being lifted to glorify and testify of the goodness of God in our lives. And the good news about the God we serve is he's not just the God who's a chain taker, he's a chain breaker. He not only breaks our chains, he can use the breaking of our chains to lead others to him. I feel like a really good passage that shows this, Mama Mary, I was like, you're getting on my message, is Acts 16, verse 25 through 31. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now Paul and Silas were in literal chains here from being jailed for doing the work that honestly Christ had called them to do. But as I mentioned before, the principle behind the teaching, I believe, remains the same. 
I want to focus on the first two verses. I, no, go back. There we go. I want to focus on the first two verses. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Then the doors flew open and everyone's chains fell off. It comes down to what Paul and Silas were doing before the chains fell off. Verse 25, praying and singing hymns to God. Now I was curious, so I looked it up. How much strength does it take to break a chain? And modern handcuffs, depending on the company that you go with, takes 500 to 1,000 pounds of pressure to break. Another thing that I want to point out here, though, is that not only Paul and Silas's chains fell off, all the prisoners' chains fell off, and their prison doors were opened. When God takes the chains, he doesn't just take the shackles off. He opens up the prison doors so that you can walk out in freedom. Isaiah 61.3 says, We have been given a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I wanted to know a little bit more about the garment of praise. So I looked into it. Obviously, the garment of praise, it's like this metaphor for thanksgiving, you know, feeling, filling God's people with joy. In ancient times, it was customary for a grieving person to wear sackcloth. The garment of praise is the opposite of sackcloth. It is brightly colored and indicative of a celebration. In Isaiah, the Lord promises that he would bestow on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I feel like I'm going really fast, but... This is what Paul and Silas did. It's what I did when God broke my chains. It's what I still do every time I feel the enemy trying to weasel his way in, one link at a time. I think as Christians, we often forget that one of our greatest weapons against the enemy is praise. We get so focused on our chains and the cage and the that we forget that our God is able to take our chains and break them and lead others to him through the breaking of those chains. So I've asked the worship team to come up and play a song, and then I'll come back up and close in prayer. But I want to reassure you that if you're dealing with the heaviness of chains, no matter what those chains are, During this song, put on the garment of praise. Give your chains to the only one who can take them from you, and he will meet you right where you are. Be excited in your worship to him, like David. As I tell my kids, if you're going to dance, dance like David danced, with your clothes on. You have to add that in youth ministry. You really do, because like, Some of them you just don't know about. But I want to encourage you, during this song, put on the garment of praise. Give your chains to him.
There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.
Jesus and I'm not going to let those chains come on me again. So let's just worship the Lord and just shake those chains off and be free of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Break every chain. Break the chains, oh God. We shake them off, Lord. We shake them off, God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Oh, I hear the chains. Don't you hear them falling? charge now thank you Jesus so I'm gonna close in prayer um, and then, like Pastor Norm said we have a potluck going on today that we would love to see you guys and hang out with everybody um, and I do believe you're gonna pray down there oh you want me to do it okay yeah I can pray over food that's all good <laughs> let's pray Heavenly Father I just thank you that you made a way for us that we don't have to wear our chains of shame. We don't have to feel that heaviness anymore. I thank you that when we are feeling like the enemy is pulling us around, we can put on a spirit of praise. I pray for the food that was brought, God, that you would just allow us to have abundant fellowship, that it would just be a very pleasing...